Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on everybody, it's uh, Chris and Andrew here, burning the red shirts, and we're on a little bit of a hot streak, uh, we're going to keep it rolling, like we said a couple of weeks back, We uh, this is kind of our bread and butter, Like this is what we like to talk about the most, the conspiracy theories, the ideas behind who goes where type thing it's army navy week do we care at all about talking army navy i spent like an hour researching and doing stuff yesterday and i was like holy shit this slate is this game is going to be weird but any any thoughts or opinions there on that before we get into the real meat of this you put out like three videos already about it which is (laughs) a a bit much but i mean i i'm i sympathize with you in the sense that I'm already like super bored and I, I totally plan on holding myself uh, to not doing dumb gambling shit once the natty's over. But like if this is a, pre- a preview of what I'm going to feel like, like I don't know what I'm going to do for six, six, seven months, I guess. Research, try and refine uh, stuff. But like, I don't know. I feel pretty good about uh, my process at this point from in most regards. So like, I don't know. I'm going to get bored really quick. Uh, so but um, I don't know. I, like I was, I was poking around some of the the only like player level markets that are out right now. For I guess there's DFS, but I haven't looked at it for that game. Are like the TD scorers, which admittedly, like I fall for that trap more regularly than I should. It's not a total wasteland, but like I've let some money on fire on like what I perceive to be good odds, but in reality, probably aren't. But the who do you think starts at QB for Navy? I think it's uh, our line. Really, I was yeah. I was thinking slash hoping it would be Woodson. What makes you think that? Just that he like came back in the game and like yeah, and that. Was, yeah, yeah. So full context would be right the the second quarterback for Navy. Our line gets hurt against SMU, but it's a blowout, and he comes back in, and then they push him back out. Mm-hmm. They it'll be three weeks until from one game to the next for oh I'm sorry for Army it's three weeks for Navy it's two weeks so there's plenty yeah. of time. Plenty of time. It seemed, you know, it seemed maybe like an ankle. So you I don't know. know. These that guys will kill themselves to get into this game too. Yeah, I need to find uh, his mom's Twitter account uh, <laughs> and see if I can hit him up or Ty Lavatai's mom's Twitter account, like I did a few years back. I was but. hoping it would be Watson because Watson seven to one to score. Like everyone has amazing odds to score because there's less than four t- touchdowns projected for the entire game. So it's like an easy trap to fall into. It's like, oh, this guy's three to one. This guy's four to one. But like. It's like betting Iowa to score touchdowns. You know, it's like all the players have good odds, but no one's going to actually do it. Yeah, it's slim pickings. Uh, <laughs> the Some of the projection numbers that I have for these guys are like six points, like being in the high. <laughs> and it's also, you just, I don't know what to expect from Army standpoint because, you know, you've probably, you saw the video or the thread. Like they started one way and now they're back to the other. And it's been three weeks for Army. And I guess the whole, I was reading this quote, it was like basically saying, well, the reason why we went to these old veterans was because they had the experience of running the triple option. So like their best player probably is this Kanye Udo guy or one of the two or three best players, but yeah, he didn't play because 
apparently he doesn't know how to be in a triple option offense. So <laughs> I don't know. It it's wild. Did you know they ran like 60 times to like two passes against Coastal? No. That's crazy. It's a huge number. And apparently that's the same guy that will be calling play like their offensive coordinator actually uh, coordinator actually called plays and he's going to be calling plays again. So maybe that gives us a little bit of a, a thought. Um, Last year, so I, I've played DFS for this game before and it's like even more volatile, right. Than than like most showdowns just because like anything will swing you from top to bottom or bottom to top. Cause nothing's happening in the game. But I, th- I think it was two years ago when army, like I, I read everything correctly and Christian Anderson started over whoever the other guy was. And I had him in my line about like no ownership. So one of the quarterbacks had no ownership and I still didn't even cash because the game is just like, he didn't have a good game. It didn't matter that I had, I was like one of the only people <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, you're right. That's the funny thing about this is it's so low scoring that like a four yard run could swing it. Cause what ultimately <laughs> happens is you start like jamming the guys that get all the usage well, in years past at least. And then you just yeah. throw in a super cheap random guy then you get like this big random white tight end catches a three yard pass and it's all over. But is your boy Tyrell still relevant? I think he's going to play and get seven, eight carries. Yeah. So yeah. he used to be always the popular one to roster in this game. Right. Besides the, obviously the quarterbacks, but yeah. Uh, some, some pretty big news as we hopped on. So we're recording Wednesday. Won't say what time of day. Yeah. It could be any time. And it uh, could be any time. Could be before work. Could be after work. And uh, Brock Vandegrift to Kentucky. Do, what are your thoughts on him as a Georgia guy, a former Georgia quarterback? Is there you have a take on him or a preference on where he's going? I don't know going? anything about him. Like, uh, all right, five star. I, I always confuse him and Gunnar Stockton in terms of like, yeah, they, they both have kind of chilled on the bench, four star slash five star. I think one of them gets like better and reviews from like the rumor mill and whatnot than the other but I, I honestly don't recall which is which i can't keep them it's like they're they're my my georgia version of ball state in miami ohio can't keep them straight um so i don't know kentucky kentucky i don't know how, how to feel about them as an offense in some ways like it's nice it feels like we generally know what to attack and what we're going to get even though like larry kind of sucks uh this past year so things were kind of a letdown um if you weren't slamming his unders every single week that is uh like some of us might have been uh but um i don't know it's not like overly exciting right seeing seeing uh, a quarterback transfer to kentucky uh it doesn't feel like just in terms of like quarterback output it's going to be that incredible yeah for me it was like well i didn't i didn't want any of the guys that i like to go there so i'm glad it's a guy that i don't really care about you yeah know? You know, a guy like maybe Jeff Sims, mm. who is uh, expected or did hit the portal. We've been talking for years for him to go to like Bowling Green, right? Like, is this the year he goes to Bowling Green? The uh, K- franchise KF, his uh, suggestion, the Tol- was it you who suggested Toledo a trade with Toledo or was that him? He suggested Toledo and I said a trade, which it's I think a, the would- trade's a great idea. Right, which would, would be, be Jeff Sims for Daquan Finn, which I feel like uh, they're almost the same player, but except Sims is, I don't know, but 
just not as healthy. I don't know. They're both feel very similar, except they Finn's thro- got well, their throwing motions are really similar too. And like the, just the way they move and move around and scoot, like they're, they're, they are very comparable and similar. I land, I've been thinking a lot about what can, what can work with Sims and like, okay, if I would love to see him kind of drop down to just G5 and see if removal of some of maybe the pressure can sit well with him. But like, I think there's like some, a lot of like he needs a sports psychologist uh type deal like do you remember i guess it would have been back in 2021 maybe the string of events where he gets benched uh slash hurt he gets hurt i think uh after they lose to northern illinois and then one other team and then he come he ends up kind of getting healthy gets benched for jordan yates and then against unc Yates gets benched for him at halftime and he goes off for 40 points in the second half against UNC. And then we throw him back in our lineups the following week, starts laying eggs again. I think he's very similar to like a reliever in uh, baseball in the sense of like the, the mental stress associated with like being the guy, being the starter as, and like differentiated to kind of coming off the bench, like the mindset required for these two things is different. Um, and I think that that like if you could or yeah, if you could or like the, the starter who has trouble with the first inning kind of deal, um, like if you can kind of adjust some things to get this guy to get to get in the mindset of how whatever that mindset is, where he's successful coming off the bench like that is how you unlock him. I think it's it, it is all mental um, with him. Like the guy is just so ridiculously athletic and talented like i'm i i still i still believe i still want to believe whether it'll ever actually manifest and play out who's to say but i think i still have him on a dynasty team or two and I'm i think excited. we have him don't we don't we have him in the btr league hopefully i don't think yeah, we could ever but, get yeah let's him. get him to the mac let's make it happen like Toledo would be so fun it's got to be g5 like i just yeah. can't see him being successful not in the G5, which makes it interesting because it's like we love Daquan Finn, but like I don't know, man. It just seems like it seems like he's gonna go power five like Schlee and just never play. I don't know, or just play poorly. He's always hurt. He didn't look all <laughs> that impressive. Like he looks hurt. I like I I hope he's hurt for the sake of the fact that he looks awful if he's not hurt, you know, from like a actual talent standpoint. There are I don't know where he would go. Finn, he's definitely going to get power five offers. I think. Oh, for sure. I just, I'm thinking like what, uh, there's so many spots, I guess, available, right? Because all the different yeah. quarterbacks in the portal, but like, was there one that you think makes sense besides, I mean, obviously Nebraska makes sense, but otherwise. It's so funny seeing Nebraska, like who are they to be in a position to pick and choose and like having all these talented players come into their house for interviews. They've got a garbage OC. They've had a garbage last few years. Like they should be having to beg and not be in the position of being able to pull uh, these talented players uh, in for like rounds of interviews and shit, which is how it seems, right? You read how they're hosting all these different players. Like, I don't know. Like, I I don't want to see some, I don't want to see some, I don't want to see someone I actually like go play in that garbage offense. I mean, they made, I mean, they can't possibly roll with Harsberg or Purdy next year, <laughs> can they? 
You would think not. Uh, Harburg is like a converted safety. Like it is, it is fun that they actually managed to win some games with him. Um, and, but yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they they have no intention of rolling rolling out into twenty four with that with what they have right now. I don't think it's almost like Iowa, right? Like if you're gonna roll those types of quarterbacks out there, you're just not serious about winning 10 games. Like it's just, yeah. you have to have the most incredible defense like Iowa did to win what nine or 10 games. So let, I don't know. That just feels like uh, something they couldn't seriously do, which is comical too. Right. Cause uh rule comes out and says like, Hey, you have to have one to $2 million to buy a quarterback. And he's 100% going to buy a quarterback. So it's just kind of, they spend their money up there too. I feel like, I feel like that would be a program that has no issue with NIL, but yeah, lots of quarterbacks out there. Is it weird to you that USC is looking at like Will Howard? Like I campus to Canton did a show last night and I was listening to it. I, what's up with like Malachi Nelson? Like why, what happened? Is he just really, you know, not as good as people thought or like, is he <coughs> hot to know, that man. hot? I feel like an idiot taking Malachi Nelson in the first round of Nate's uh, dynasty draft uh, now because I was like, oh, I got the Lincoln Riley quarterback for 2024. I'll be I'll be good to go. Not so much. Um, and I, I've spent I've like Googled around Twitter searched around trying to figure out what's going on with him. And it's just like rumors that like, all right, he was hurt for he was recovering from injury from high school for most of. 2023. So that's why he didn't, he looked awful in the spring game. And that's why he didn't really get uh, too much action early on, but like supposedly he hasn't been, he hasn't developed much physically relative to projection uh, over his freshman year as well. So um, it, I, if taking that stuff into account, I mean, I guess it's not surprising that Lincoln might be, might want like a quick, a quick fix, but yeah, it is interesting seeing well Howard rumored to USC just in the sense that like, I don't know. Once you think more likely, like a little splashier and splashier name would be what he'd be, be targeting. Um, I like Will Howard, um, but I don't know. It, like that seems like something we would cook up in a like how fun would that be? That could never actually happen uh, type deal. More than I don't, that. I don't know how much I like. Like I think Will Howard's good, but like yeah, he's not one of the top guys out there, right? Like Dylan Gabriel feels like the best fit, but I just don't think obviously that's going to happen. Apparently he's going to go to Oregon is the big thought, which that feels like a great fit if he has people to throw to, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's a, uh, did, did you encounter Dylan Gabriel in any of your playoff matchups? Did you have to go up against him? It's dude, it fucking sucks when he like, when he's on, there's, you know how there feels like there's like some sort of inertia a lot of times with, uh, unless you're going up against Jaden Daniels going for the Heisman, where once a player, a quarterback leads a few touchdown drives, an inertia will kind of either result in some stops or other players getting touches. With Gabriel, it just doesn't happen. He just he throws it, he runs it every single play, and there's just more and more points coming up against you, and it's terrifying going up against them. Like that dude is like, he is extreme. He's so unique in fantasy in the sense that like he, once he just starts get going downhill, it's just there's like there's no upper ceiling to how many points he could put up. Like I, uh, Nate had him when I went up against him in uh, his league in the West Virginia game, and he dropped like seventy points on me. The game wasn't even close. They won by like forty points. Um, so. 
he um he like he's he's fun slash awful uh from a fantasy perspective so uh just in the sense of like i don't want to go up against that dude and giving him the keys to oregon uh it's offense right that i mean that does feel like it would be really nice i feel like uh gabriel and daniels this year really solidified the idea that like if you're gonna win a cff championship you almost have to have like that insane quarterback because you can't like if you can't combat daniels you know like you'd have to have a a whirlwind perfect combination of flex players to combat a 60 point game like yeah. that. So uh is there any other portal guys that are that have piqued your interest here early on? I mean we only have like what like four thousand players in the portal or some crazy shit like that. So let me pull pull up my pri- my proprietary um transfer portal tracking. How do you feel about uh the, the the cloud chasers who are just aggregating all this information and posting it for for cloud um, and just making the sports books life super easy. Are you are you one of them? Are you guys one of them? Do we need to edit this? We part don't out? have we don't have a uh, unabated does not have a public facing portal doc. Like I, if you looked at all the news, like on the news tab, uh, yeah, it is interesting that there's like I feel like you could look at like seven different people that have it, which you know. Uh, what's funny, my buddy Ben said this, shared another link to another site that had like a portal tracking doc. And it was basically yeah. like, there's no way we can have, like miss a, an injury or a portal guy um, with how many different things are out there now. Although yeah. like there's always what it was it like, who was that Western Kentucky receiver that just didn't play? But if you looked up his name, you could find a random tweet that said he was going to go to the draft. It was... Uh, Daywood Davis, I think it was. But anyways, what's uh? <laughs> let's pull up your portal doc and yeah, I got it open. Got so, what are we focusing on now? Guys who have already committed, or guys who are just kind of entering and more interested in what either one that's interesting to you. Yeah, whatever situation. Jalen H- Green, right? Um, I, I he, I kind of think he's gonna make a dumb decision and like end up in like some role where he's some team where he's like battling someone else and. Either it's gonna like not be a good fit uh, in terms of his skill set and system, or I don't know. So maybe some team will just throw him a bag to get some depth in there, and we could see like a consciously type situation, right? But um, my, con- my concern for- with Green is like I feel like someone said that it was kind of like a package deal, you know? Like, oh well, with him and Genty, with Genty back, does green come back to like to me the dumb decision is to stay at boise because they benched him i know that this right. is a different head coach but that was still a part of the coaching staff and they had that other guy come in uh madsen is maddox madsen is he going to be healthy for week one because if so that feels like a better quarterback than Taylor green and why would you do that right yeah i don't blame long- him for getting out after like they tried to make him run that garbage system and then benched him in week week five and then just played played games all season. So the rest of the way. What about Halani there? Do you think Halani stays? No, he's gone, right? Straight to the drive. Right. No, I hope not, man. I all those <laughs> those savvy trades I made. Man, but anyways, we've talked about Halani before. Uh who else was yeah. next on your list? Oh, let's see what we got. You 
the Georgia State boys are just out here making terrible decisions, right? Leaving, leaving, uh, leaving a team that was funneling fifteen hundred yards to one running back, Marcus Carroll, and I. It's interesting that Lewis, Robert Lewis, only ended with like a little less than nine hundred yards. It felt like that dude was breaking the game every other week, uh, but still, like, just I mean, it, I only owned him in uh, best ball, so I didn't have to really pay when he i guess he had down weeks but it was awesome owning him and just like getting so many spike weeks do you see where he's uh visiting today like the two uh, auburn, the two right? worst options yeah auburn and cincinnati like that is just a death knell if he picks either of them yeah it shows me you're not committed to our cff leagues by going to either of those places yeah do you see speaking of auburn receivers do you see that uh jair shorter is back in the portal <laughs> Yeah, was he just hurt all year? I don't know, man. They played around with those receivers. They did. Just, but like all of a sudden, I was like, why is Shane Hooks getting reps? And it was like, who is Jay Fair? Like, but none of them were any good. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. He played in um, he played towards the end. I remember. I think he maybe even started a game or two because I remember hearing his name and then pointing it out to my wife. Like this guy's a touchdown machine, but uh, not so much at Auburn. Yeah, it is. I feel like we, so I've got 96 skill players right now that either have injury status, transfer out, or NFL draft declaration. Um, I feel like I have very few that I have notes and detail for that are have stated what their plan is relative to a bowl game. Oh, but all I'm tracking is bowl game related guys. Um, so like, there's obviously more skill guys and right. But that like that the purpose of my tracking is like bowl game related. But there's very like very few people have gone that additional step. I feel like of saying, okay, I'm transferring or I'm entering the draft and I'm not playing in the bowl game. Um, yeah, the only I mean, one I can remember really is like McLeod said he's going to play in the bowl game. Yeah, uh, I saw that. JMU. Um, Dylan Gabriel says that he's not decided yet. I saw that. I feel like he doesn't end up playing. Um, you no can't. Way he plays that game. You can't go and like say, "Yeah, Oregon, let's do this." Uh, funnel, give me my like two million nil or whatever, and risk like ripping your knee to shreds. Agreed. Yeah, there's no way he plays that game. But it is interesting. You know, at first I was like in my projection sheet, like moving stuff around, and I was like, "Wait a second, like this guy could very easily play." Like. The, yeah, crazier things have happened. Like Western Kentucky, Nick uh, Winning Edge said something once, like the other day. Like you know, the Western Kentucky, anybody from them that went to the portal, yeah. like last year, they ended up playing, and like we're still able to play. So it's certainly possible. It'll be definitely that'll be the hard part of the bowl season is uh, twofold, right? Like the portal guys, do they actually play? But also, like some of these rooms are getting decimated like coastal Carolina. Like what are we project? Like who am I actually projecting for coastal Carolina's bowl game? Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. For Ohio. Like I, I don't even know what day they play. I think it's early, right? I mean, obviously, first, first the game. first game. Yeah, that is. So that um, game I'm considering once the, the lowest scoring comes out. Um, I was looking at totals. There's like the Iowa game has a total of 36 and change. There, the Minnesota one I was looking at too also has like 36, 37. But 
Bowling Green, Georgia Southern has a total that is like at 48 right now. I could see Ohio scoring like seven or less and their defense is solid. So I feel like that is like, that's it. I'll get good odds, relatively speaking. Like that won't be a leader of the pack um, to be the lowest scoring game. Like, but I could see it getting there. What about, and I was going to ask you, what's the worst matchup of this slate of all the bowl games? I think personally it's Toledo against Wyoming. And I'm glad that's on this bar stool. CW, I guess it's CW, right? So I guess I get CW. That one feels like it could be a low scoring game. Like with no Daquan Finn, is Penny Boone going to play? But t- the problem, like Tucker Gleason is solid enough. He is a solid backup. That's true. Yeah. Wyoming, I, that total is at like 45 and a half. What about, yeah. I don't know, what about like an Oregon State Notre Dame? You know, I guess what's the number uh, we're looking for? I guess maybe the, let's, let's work backwards here. What is the lowest total you think it'll be? Like, is it going to be 30? Is it going to be So last 38? year, do you remember what the low, lowest total last year was in the bowl game? What it it's ended like up being? really stupid, right? Like in the 20s? Yeah, it was really dumb. It was uh, the, the Troy UTSA game. It was 19 to 12. Um, and I, I admit, I, I didn't, I had, I had the, I had a couple of tickets, but the one I almost won with was Cincinnati Louisville where everyone opted out on both sides. And there was some field goal kicked like late in the midway through the fourth quarter that if that hadn't been kicked, I would have won. Um, all right. So we're looking for 31. I mean, I could see the Green Ohio game Southern. getting there. I could see it. Cause I mean, Southern could win 24 to seven. Southern has been like, there's something rotten in that program. Just how that team closed the final month, like something's off there. So I don't expect as much as like I've rooted for them hard all year. I love so many of the players, but I don't expect things to be just turned around. Could be wrong. Obviously a lot happens during bowl season, but like if things can continue to trend there, how they have been over the final month, like I don't see them putting up a ton of points. And I mean, Ohio, Ohio's not even on QB two. They're on QB three. Um, because Harris is out for the year, and that back, I I need to pull up the the backups, the the third string stats. Like he got he played the whole game, I think, against LIU, and they only scored <laughs> they only scored like twenty points maybe against LIU. So I'm not super hopeful for a lot of production from the Ohio offense, even against the not great Georgia Southern defense. I think the obvious one is the one with the lowest total, right? Like Bowling Green, Minnesota, to me, just screams. It is. Kaliak Manis is out. Right. Uh, Minnesota is just really hurt at running back. Who knows? Even if they're good, right? Like Bowling Green is not going to have Teron Keith. There's a pretty limited amount of skilled players in that game. Yeah. Rutgers Miami could be a horrendous game. I mean, Rutgers is just going to sit on it, right? So, with, oh, yeah. And I mean, as much as TVD is, you know, gone and he's not the best but man that backup that just seems like if they run the ball you could be in a great place there yeah that one's what does that typically pay out was what was the payout on your lowest one so the i feel like what i've seen in the past is your the worst odds are like you're getting at least like 10 to 1 10 12 to 1 um but and it's like very incremental. Like there might be like a few out like 10 to 12 to one and then like some 15s, uh, 18s, 20s, etc. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 
it's not it's a fun way to light money on fire <laughs> until your until your game goes for 60 points <laughs> uh this utah northwestern game man whoo oh that's a good one yeah I just don't know. It's too bad Batari is not at quarterback, or else that would be a no-brainer. Why I mean, is it him? Because Bryson Barnes is going to play. Before, he's going to play. Apparently, apparently, he's going to play. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. I can. I'll double check it just to to be sure, but I'm fairly positive Barnes is going to play. All right. Which is a weird one. Update your doc. I just did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you know that there's six Sunbelt games on the same day? I, I think I no. have that right. There's six, six of them. It's this, uh, the same day. The only one that is not, um, Sunbelt is Utah Northwestern on the 23rd. Cause you have oh, Troy. Well, that is one of my favorite, uh, get days of bowl seasons. The first, that first Saturday where historically we've had the new Orleans bowl at night, but no longer at night. Uh, well, but this still, is the get- second Saturday. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. But you're right. The first Saturday is elite with uh, six games starting at 11 a.m. But it's the next Saturday because Troy plays, Arkansas State plays, JMU, Georgia State, South Alabama, and Coastal is the nightcap in Honolulu. The the Christmas Eve special that is ruined this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, get, I didn't realize that the 16th had – 16th today I'm thinking of. That's the New Orleans Bowl one. Yeah. Um, they really stacked the Saturdays nicely this year. Uh, and I, I I, wanted to say credit where it's due, but it's really not. It's just being scared to schedule stuff on uh, NFL days. So that's why there's so much like Saturday-related stuff. Like We don't, we don't get anything on Sundays or Mondays um, beca- uh, because of NFL, which is like – Right. So you know what I realized? That I don't understand – Army and Navy are both five and six. Neither of them's going to a bowl. It, like, why isn't this game? Why isn't this game the Army Navy game? Why doesn't it have more meaning if it could have more meaning for those teams? Like, winners should go to a bowl game. You would think they would just like open a slot up. Yeah, but I don't know why. That's a good question. I don't know why. We needed uh, we needed to give five and seven. We need to lock in five and seven Minnesota. There was no no, no two ways about it. How could we have a bowl season without five and seven Minnesota against uh, was it six or seven <laughs> win Bowling Green? That um, is well, that is um, historically like that. The the Quick Lane Bowl truly is its own animal, right? That is just the. The, the lowest of the low, like 2 p.m. Uh, day after Christmas. Uh, it's all it's got like a, a max school and some other school. You know, it's an uninteresting max school. The total never crests 40 like that. It's a it's a true tradition of bowl season. Uh, so one of my buddies just shared a well, actually, back a step here. Did you know Army and Navy could play back to back weeks? in the future because now they're both AAC. Like oh, if they if they both made the conference championship, I think they would play and then play the Army Navy game. It's something weird. It's like they're like, fuck it, we're not moving this game. It's got to be so low. So you know conference championship weekend is the weekend before. So um there's a person out there with two hundred or six hundred eighty five followers that is saying Sam Hartman's gonna sit out the bowl game. If that happens that is an incredible under, like a game total low. 
You got QB three for Oregon State without the best running back in the second best receiver against Notre Dame without their best quarterback missing a receiver. That's pretty elite. And both defenses are solid. And both defenses are solid. Yeah, that one could might not break twenty. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any uh, playoff opinions? Um, pretty straightforward. Like Florida State got really screwed. Just, I I feel very strongly uh, about that. Like it was that game. That game was really awesome to watch and enjoy from a few different angles. Primarily. I was all over all the unders on Florida State receivers. Every course. which way, all the all the alternates, uh, alternate totals. Like it, it was a masterpiece of a game in that regard. But it was like I I find it just really interesting and captivating watching the wheels turn and play out in practice when a coach, a team are kind of handicapped that uh in regard to their game plan and they need to strategize around that and like there is a a clear the clear end goal and the clear reality of like working with qb3 like we what do we need to do to to win this game like um and just seeing that that game plan play out fruition fruition seeing how emotional it was and how well executed everything was like i really enjoyed seeing that uh, and watching it, and um, we also got to see some cool Jeff, Jeff Brown plays, uh, which was nice. Like, did you see that? Did you see that like triple pass screenplay uh, at one point? It was like the only good play that, that Louisville ran the whole game. It was incredible. Um, but it was, it was, it was. I I felt really happy for Florida State when that like seeing how it how they basically won. They played the perfect game. Played their game plan to perfection, and what was our was like that was that was awesome. Um, it just, it, like I have so much more respect for uh, Norvell and for them. Uh, just see, seeing how well they were able to execute on that, and everyone just kind of, the committee just gives them a total fu to like to just um, retcon their preconceived notions and just boost ratings or whatever. Like so, it was garbage, um, but. Georgia should have gotten in, right, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny they kind of pushed. I was watching the show, like the committee or selection show or whatever, because I was driving back from a trip. And uh, I thought it was funny that they even entertained, entertained the idea of Georgia. Because, like, they were never going to put the four. They didn't put the four best teams in. They didn't put the four most deserving teams in. They did this, like, hybrid. <clears throat> Georgia was never going to qualify, right, in, in that hybrid role. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, right? Like Georgia is one of the four best teams. I would even go, and I'm. This is like blasphemy. I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I I think you'd argue that Michigan should have been more on the chopping. Like, it's not necessarily one of the four best teams. Like, I think if you were going to do four best, you'd have to put Texas. You'd have to put Georgia. You'd have to put Bama. And then I think it's a kind of a mix of like Michigan, Washington, FSU. I think Michigan has looked weird enough where it's like they kind of have been doing the Norvell thing against Louisville where it's like the only way we lose is if we throw a pick six. Like that was yeah. literally what it seemed like in that Iowa game. So they said, fuck it, you know, it just like with the Penn State game. So I'm curious how they look against uh, 
Bama. I can't, I just can't tell if they're going to, I don't know. Auburn ran all over Bama. Georgia ran well against Bama. It just feels like Michigan's going to try to do the bully ball thing again. I wonder if it's going to work. Yeah, both games are interesting in different ways, right? I mean, in that regard, you can understand when all that drives these decisions is dollars and ratings, why they set the playoff matchups as they do. Did. They're captivating. We'll, uh, we'll move on. Do you think it was strictly SEC related? Like, there's no way they were not letting an SEC team in, SEC team in right? And FSU was just a victim? Or do you think it that committee didn't think about stuff like that? I think that was a driver for sure. Um, Harbaugh versus uh, Saban. What and just flipping it to the other 180, what would ratings be like if uh, you put Florida State in without Travis as and they get slotted as like 15 point underdogs or whatever, right? <laughs> all like all those, all those factors. All right. So the best game of the day on January 1st is neither of the playoff games. It's got to be Iowa, Tennessee, right? Like, the bowl, whoever put those two bowl games together was like snickering in the background, right? Like he was just like loving every second of this. That is Bazooka an incredible Joe. matchup. Have we confirmed if Bazooka Joe has another year? I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I would, one, I would believe anything. Two, I have no idea. So I, yeah. I hope so. I do too. I, how many? If he plays in that game, how many interceptions does he throw? Or do they just only run the football? Or just let him show off, show off the cannon, right? If you're Bazooka Joe, do you benefit from playing this game? Or do you think the matchup's so tough that you say, I'm going to sit this and just get... Because theoretically, he could just go to the combine and wow everybody, and he's going to be a top four-round pick. So, like... Is there a risk in playing Iowa? <laughs> I, I guess there might be. Like they've been, their play, their play calling, their game plans have been so kind of risk averse and just like run, run heavy screens, not even shots anymore. It feels like right a lot of the time. Um, so maybe they just do some more of that. Um, but I don't know. I hope he plays one more round, one more rodeo, one more. Um, you're you're pretty thrilled with Liberty getting a New Year's Six, right? Yeah, yeah, cashed everything. Um, that my two, I told myself going into conference championship weekend, uh, I was going to largely kind of sit on the sidelines, sit things out, especially from like a DFS perspective, given historically I just haven't done very well. Um, but I didn't even play play that much in the prop game, but crushed the Florida State game and then crushed uh, all sorts of derivations of salter overs like i that all those lines like we should have been i should be retired like i was so confident but kind of did more than dipping my toes in the water but still like if you're thinking about just like it i don't know i think so often about like the best thing about betting props and stuff um like that is your things are so streamlined and like relative to like betting a game where there's all these different variables, all these different components with a prop, it's just like, you're trying to just really figure out one thing. And if you know that one thing, you might be like 70, 80, 90% likely to cash. Um, so what is that? What is that? 
what's the impact of that in terms of what you can reasonably and responsibly do from a wagering perspective um, in terms of number of units and just re relative percentage of bankroll? The 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 prop lines in that game were so horrendous that like in reality it's like fuck maybe I should have just gotten uh, all in or as close to it um, but like shit can always go wrong right you could always just have uh, some sort of black swan event but like it, and hindsight is like such a yeah it's, I mean it's not fair Diego barely went over just because of that injury I mean he would have flown over it but he did get hurt. I mean, right. Yeah. And that, like, he, that could have been Salter, right? Like, he could have, like, you can, anyone can get hurt when you're buying something like that. Yeah. Um, what's your take? I feel like you might have some spicy take. You don't play, you don't play like ESPN bowl pickums and all that, do you? I, I usually enter one, but not, I don't take it seriously. All right. And I'm what sorry. I usually do is I'll just like, you're talking about confidence. I'll just I, I do the the loser thing where I make all the early games the, my comp my highest confidence. Um, so I'm dead by like day three. I, well, I was going to ask you: Are you a uh, do you like the confidence picks or do you like the spread? Like you know where you just pick the spread, but everything is one point. Oh, the spread seems so difficult. I've entered like I entered like one spread pool that uh, some gambling Twitter guy was running a few years ago. I think I came close to dead last. Um, there, I think there was a payout for last, but I didn't quite get there. Um, but so that is not something that I like, <laughs> I'm going to have a prayer at, um, the confidence stuff is like, I think that would be more fun if, if I did take it seriously. Um, but I just don't, do you play? I'm doing a spread one. The problem with the spread one is it's like these lines move so much, like on ESPN, they... it could be two and a half and then. You're picking oh. it at it. They pick the, they throw the line up there and it's, that's it. It doesn't oh, change. So no matter what, you, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing adjusts based on any sort of change or injury or anything. That so makes it, uh, so the, uh, I was listening to, well, I'm now, I'm such a fucking sellout. I'm a devout listener of cover three, uh, now at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, we all are at some point, right? We all we all kind of have to lean in, um, especially in the off season. They put out so much off season content that like that is that and uh, winning edge are like um, I, I I get in deep with those two uh, in the off season because I'm like fiending for content and like they, they happily provide. Um, but they were saying on there some of the game theory associated with spread spread pools, especially when you see like crazy line movements. Um, and that would, it wasn't in the context of bull season, but you would imagine it's even ma more magnified there where, like, for instance, Rourke opted out, right, from where's transferring uh, from Ohio. Line swung like seven points yesterday. It's already locked. Everyone's going to take Southern. Game theory, maybe you take uh, you take Ohio, and now um, you're part of the 10% of the, the population of that pool that has Ohio. So you would think that that is, especially in bigger pools, that's like a serious uh, consideration. Um, you gotta take some, some you gotta risk. take some stands in that regard. Yeah, the benefit there is right, you know if people the people if you're playing something serious, right? You know people are gonna just that is the one they're gonna target, right? Because yeah. they it's such a you know, like right now I think ESPN had it at like uh two and a half uh, one of Southern was plus one and a half, but they're like minus three and a half right now. So like yeah. it's such a big swing. 
but uh, so there is a that is the way I guess strategically you could find an edge or two. But at the same time, too, right? Like we said earlier, like who is actually going to play for Iowa, uh, Ohio on offense? So that's the counterpoint. Ohio still has to to do something. <laughs> so, all right. Well, any final thoughts? Any predictions? The What do you, so you saw Tyler Chuck uh, committed to Louisville, uh, yep. right? Yep. Do you think, did you see, I posted in Miguel and Zach's chat that uh, he's trying to, uh, maybe it's half-hearted, but recruit uh, Jawar Jordan to come back. Apparently they played together in high school. Uh, you know, I saw him do like a tweet about him or something like that. Cause I think people were hating on Chuck, but I haven't seen anything other than that. True. Well, I hope Jordan comes back. Got him in a couple dynasties. Um, that that will be such a fun match, uh, assuming any sort of health, right? Uh, Chuck and Brom system like that. You can dream on that uh, playing out nicely. Oh yeah, if Jack Plummer can work out decently, right? What about a maybe a final take here would be: Is there actually a world where JJ McCarthy comes back to Michigan? Are you suggesting he's going to the NFL draft? There's, well, if you had to guess right now, what would you pick? Me, I would say he's going to the draft. Like, how do you pass up? I mean, he's pretty much a lock to be a top 30 pick, right? Is he? I would think so. I mean, it's <laughs> you the got your Michigan blinders on, dude. I, well, my Michigan blinders would love him to come back, right? I think all of the CFF community wants him to go to the draft for obvious reasons. I guess. But I don't, I don't know. know. This Dante Moore smoke about around Michigan would infer that he is going to the draft, right? Isn't part of that Dante Moore smoke the idea that Moore sits for a year behind McCarthy? Uh, you would think, but why would – does Dante Moore have to sit no matter where he goes next year? I'm, I'm sure he could, he could find high-level Power 5 programs that would – give him a strong opportunity to start, but he looked like he could use some to, he could use a landing spot that could provide him some nurturing uh, this year. Like early on in the year, you saw, you saw the throws, you saw the potential. I mean, but every opportunity he got in the second half of the season kind of looked like a disaster. Okay. I don't know. I've just like outside of, very isolated throws with JJ McCarthy. Like, and I guess that is the best you're going to get in the game plans that Michigan is calling. I just, I don't know. I don't see why this guy is going to be a high level NFL draft pick. He's gone. I've seen as high as like, I mean, it's mocks and it's November, yeah. December, but he has gone as high as like top 10. Like it would not shock me at all. If he's a top 20 pick more it's likely, just- more likely he, uh, J.J. McCarthy goes in the top 10 or Jaden Daniels transfers to Ohio State. I mean, there's no way. He... I would like that. I mean, I would love and hate that at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, J.J. is definitely going to go in the first round before Daniels transfer. Daniels is in the draft, right? I think. Yeah, he's think getting he could... he's getting like top 15 love, man. I was going to say, I think you could debate who goes higher in the draft. Yeah, that's a good one. But I think people forget how 
average he looked at Arizona State. Like he looked good, not great. He there were moments, but it, to me, he went to LSU, and we were all like to just sit like as a third stringer. <laughs> so I my recollection is his true freshman year, he had he was put in a position of basically needing to be the entire team. And had some wow moments where he put them on his back, made some amazing throws, led some nice uh, comebacks, and held his own. And but they basically they were running a system there that looked that basically was like, hey, dude, you've got you can run the ball. Like let's lean into that more than anything else. And didn't ultimately develop him at all as a passer. And we because of that, right? I think we kind of ran with the notion that that that's his strength. Those are his strengths, and that is kind of what he is. And we said that was kind of largely what he was his first year at LSU, right? Um, but like he entered Arizona State as an amazing quarterback prospect and out of high school, not just because of his legs, right? Like his arm talent was renowned as a coming out of high school. But that's my recollection anyway. So it's awesome to see it develop um, for you more than most, right, given how many times she drafted him this year. Uh, yeah, it led me to seventh place instead of ninth or tenth place, unfortunately. Uh, you know, if you remember way back, we made a trade. You remember our Jaden Daniels trade? No. You really wanted Daniels, and apparently I was ready to give him up early on. I got Isaiah Bauer uh, Bowser from you and somebody else. But it was like a two-for-one, but you got – you gave me Bowser and his 47 yards and two, three touchdowns a game for Daniels. So I want, I wonder what that must've been in industry league. I wonder what I did with Daniels. Cause not on my team. <laughs> that's well, sheesh. That's not great, Bob. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, another week, another BTR pod. We got, I'm sure there's gonna be a hundred things that's going to happen between now and the next time a week or two. Yeah, Zach's getting ready to drop uh, Bull Bash, right? Uh, so we'll have uh, some st- Bull Bash strategic conversations, presumably. Um, and then- You're not going to give up your picks in Bull Bash. There's zero way you talk about strategy for Bull Bash. Theory. No world. Theory. Theory. <laughs> I would uh, caution listeners from whatever advice that Andrew gives regarding Bull Bash. He'll look for back, the, uh, back Ohio. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I hope everybody has a great week. Enjoys the games that are, I guess, the game, the Army-Navy game, uh, and that 27.5 point team total or game total. And uh, we'll catch you maybe next week. Thanks, guys.